Hello and welcome back to our daily devotion podcast. Let's look today at a story of Jesus healing of a daughter of a woman's daughter who was demon possessed and suffering terribly. It's taken from Matthew chapter 15 verse 21 to 28. Matthew chapter 15 verse 21 to 28. Let us pray. Father, speak to us the truths about you. Open our minds, especially open our hearts to understand you. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 21. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him, crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus did not answer a word, so his disciples came to him and urged him, Send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, It is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Then Jesus said to her, Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Never really can understand this passage. Reason is that what was in the mind of Jesus? Was Jesus simply testing this woman when he said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel? And then again, when he said to the woman, even dogs eat the crumbs that fall from... Sorry, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Jesus, when this woman came with a plea that her daughter was demon-possessed and suffering terribly, Jesus ignored her. As she persisted, his disciples called out to Jesus and said, send her away. And Jesus said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel, meaning that I do not touch, I do not come to help a Gentile woman. Now, was Jesus only testing the woman by saying all these things and wanting to know how deep her faith was? Or was he doing changing his mind? Let us look at the first, first argument that Jesus was simply testing that woman. One could say then that Jesus wanted to see how far her faith would go and then tell her and keep pushing her away to see how much, how desperately she wanted and how much she believed in Jesus. But this doesn't seem to be very consistent with the way Jesus is. First of all, Jesus would not lie to her. Jesus would not tell her, I was only sent to the lost sheep of Israel and to say, well, I have no mandate to heal, to grant your request or to heal your daughter. That's not Jesus' style. Neither is it Jesus' style to ignore a woman pleading with him. We see many examples of people bringing the sick to Jesus. And each time they brought the sick, Jesus did not test them or try them out to see how far their faith was. He rushed to help them. Each time someone brought a sick person to Jesus, Jesus would hurriedly go to minister. Jesus wasn't in the habit of testing a person's faith like this. 
But more difficult then was this, is this point, would Jesus lie to that woman? Once again, it definitely doesn't seem to be the case. In fact, the reason why his disciples chased the woman away or asked Jesus to chase the woman away was that they also knew that this was Jesus' mandate to reach only the lost sheep of Israel. And that brings us to the second, second argument then. Could it be that Jesus actually changed his mind? See, the disciples came to him to say, Lord, push her away. Now, they would never say that to any other person. They never did. But for this woman, they told Jesus, send her away. Why? Because Jesus had told them earlier on, as he sent them out, that they were only to reach out to the lost sheep of Israel. That was the mandate. I believe that when Jesus came to earth, it was to reach out to the people of Israel first. It was much later, um, after Jesus had ascended to heaven, that God gave Peter, the apostle, a vision of the animals, the unclean animals, and told him to kill. It was about, and Cornelius was the first real Gentile convert. It was only then that God opened the door for the Gentiles. Jesus' mandate was indeed to reach out first to the lost sheep of Israel. And Jesus was conscious of that. His disciples were conscious of that. And so, I suspect that when Jesus paused, it was because he was faced with a dilemma. Here was a Gentile woman pleading with him for help. But his mandate from his father, the original plan, was that he not go to the Gentiles at all, was that he would not treat any of the Gentiles, but that he would only look for the children of Israel. I suspect that when Jesus was faced with that dilemma, he paused. He wanted to hear from God the Father what God would say. And then he got the answer. He realized then that it was one thing to keep to an original plan, but it was another thing to respond to the desperate plea, to respond compassionately to the desperate plea of a mother. This is what my theory is, and I could well be wrong, but knowing God and knowing what the scriptures say about God, I wonder whether it was because it was a parent's heart, it was a mother's heart, a mother pleading for her child. Ever since I became a father, I realized that how much pain a parent feels when his or her child is ill, when their child is run away, the child is not, is not doing well. I've begun to understand the anguish of a parent. <clears throat> I believe that God, as Father, <coughs> when he heard the plea of a mother, felt deep pangs of pain in his heart. And he decided that though his original plan was to reach only to the people of Israel, when he heard the cries of a parent, he decided it was time to change his plans. Many years ago, I visited a woman whose child, whose son had run away from home, gotten married with a prostitute, and had disappeared completely from her. She was very distraught and she asked me to pray for her. As I prayed, I suddenly sensed the Spirit telling me, 
tell her about my own son. Tell her about the prodigal son. And so I said to the lady, you know, God knows the pain of a parent. He knows how you feel because he told the story too of a son who had walked away from him, taken his inheritance, squandered it, and that wasn't what he was worried about, but he squandered it, and the father did not know what had happened to that son. God knows exactly how you feel. That woman suddenly just burst out crying, tears poured out from her, years of grief poured out for her, from her, and she said, I will hold on to God because I know He understands my sadness, my pain. This story of the prodigal son comforted her a great deal as she realized that God understood fully her pain. There was another time when I encountered an amazing story, incident um, about the pain of parenthood and the love of a parent. I was ministering to Sky Ma uh, Michael. Michael was very, very heavily demon-possessed. The demons were, came in the form of voices that told him threatening things and instructed him to, to hurt himself. He would bang his head on the floor until a pool of blood was formed. He would eat sharp objects whenever, um, during meal time, when he was given sharp objects, he'd swallow them until the prison had to give him uh, no utensils at all. He would pour hot water over himself or pour feces, throw feces at guards, and all because voices told him to do so. I was called upon to minister to him and to exercise him, of course. And so I went. I was an expert exorcist, but I believed in my heart that if uh, we invoked the name of Jesus, we could uh, drive out demons from people. And so I went and in a loud voice, I commanded the demons to leave. This man, Michael, I could see Michael's face tense up with fear. So I asked Michael, what's this expression in your face? He said, I'm terrified. The voices have just told me mockingly that they'll wait for you to leave and then they will torment me even more. That really brought great chill into my heart because I realized that I had walked into a, a spiritual hornet's nest. I stirred up the hornets. I had tried commanding the demons to leave. Instead of leaving, demons were just mocking me and telling poor Michael, after this man leaves, I'm we are going to torment you, we're going to torture you even worse. I knew then that I was no match for these demons. Trying to compose myself and to calm Michael down, I, started, I changed the subject. We talked about his children. He had two children, a young boy and young girl whom he loved with all his heart. But then along the way as we talked, Michael again talked about how painful, how torturous the demons were in him. And so to get a feel of how badly he felt, I asked him from a scale of 1 to 10, how painful, how torturous is this? And he said it's hard to quantify, but I would not even wish this on my worst enemy. And since for some strange reason, I suspect it was 
the Holy Spirit's prompting, then I asked him, what if these voices were in your children instead of in you? Without a pause, Michael said, I would have pleaded with the demons to leave my children and to come and torment me, torture me instead. I can never bear to see my children tortured by something as bad as this. And then it clicked. The Holy Spirit then told me, tell Michael, this is exactly what God has done for you. He saw your torment. He could not bear to see you tortured like this. And he told the demons, come to him and torture him instead. I shared with him how Jesus bore our sins. And he died agonizing death with demons in him went to hell for our sakes but he was raised and now he comes to deliver each of us and i told him then to pray to jesus to say lord thank you for offering to take the demons from me please take them from me now a few days later i prayed that prayer helped helped michael to pray that prayer and i think about two or three days later i went to visit michael and the demons had all left him. I realized then how much God loved us and paid the price. You know, when I was young, for many, many years, I wondered why God was so cowardly, that he, the father, would send his son. It's almost like, well, you want to sacrifice? Sure, send my son. How God could be so cowardly to send his son to die for us instead and then why were we praising God for his love for us when all he did was to send his son he himself didn't want to suffer until I became a parent and then I realized that the pain of seeing your child suffer is far far worse than suffering yourself I began to understand that God's God when God offered his son when God heard his son scream out Father, Father, why have you left me? I recognized, I understood how broken God's heart must have been. The anguish that God the Father suffered when he saw his son suffering. I believe that God would have been so much easier had God just taken the suffering for himself. But he loved us so much. And he needed, knew that only the sacrifice of his perfect son would make that difference. And in great pain, a big, great love, he offered his son for us. Thus, it is with so much meaning when Paul writes, He who did not even spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, will he not give us everything else, everything, together with Christ? began to make sense to me that God the Father is a parent and he understands the anguish, the heart of the parent. When God saw this Canaanite woman who, whose salvation, whose help was not his original plan, but when God saw this woman, this mother, pleading for her daughter, anguished that her daughter was suffering terribly, God's heart would not take it. He would not even hold back to keep his original plan. He would make an exception out of the compassion, a fatherly compassion in his heart. 
That's how God the Father feels about for each father, each parent, each father, each mother whose child is suffering. Perhaps the things, perhaps many of you here have children who may have gone wayward. You may have children who are suffering illnesses. God the Father knows the pain of a parent. And He would not hold back His love, His mercy and His compassion to any parent whose child is suffering. Call on God and let God the Father come to minister to your child and to you. Let us pray. Father, you are a father. You understand the pain of fathers and mothers on earth. Parents whose children are suffering, parents whose children are ill. Parents whose children have walked away from them or have chosen a wayward path. Lord, you understand the anguish of parents. Come, Lord, and minister to every parent. Put their hearts at rest. Show yourself as we see you in the Gospels of how you had compassion on the mother whose child was suffering terribly. How though originally it was not in your plan to, to help her, yet compassion is far greater than your plans and you would change your mind to reach out to her to minister, to heal her daughter. I bring to you, Lord, these parents, parents whose children are suffering. As they cry to you, hear their prayers. For we ask this in the name of your Son, whom you love infinitely, but whom you offered to us as a sacrifice in exchange for our lives. We ask in His name. Amen. I'll continue to muse and to ponder over this story because it is a rich story that tells us of a father's love. Have a great day and goodbye.